Blog Talk Radio. To a special Screen Pick podcast. I'm your host, Phil Wallace, from the Screen Pick Studios in Los Angeles. We have a great show for you tonight. We are going to recap the show that just was the 93rd Annual Academy Awards. We have a full cast of characters on our panel tonight to talk about all the highs and the lows of this Oscar show. First, joining us as always in Burbank, California, we've got Kit Bowen. Kit, how are you doing tonight? I'm okay. <laughs> All right. Joining us in Spokane, Washington, we've got uh, Joel. Joel, have you recovered from the show yet? Well, I'm more awake now than I was an hour ago. Okay. All right. We've also got in Burbank, California, Andrew Payne. Andrew, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Great. And providing our East Coast perspective at midnight Eastern time, we've got uh, in the great state of New Jersey, Adam Spunberg. Adam, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Phil. All right. Uh, Kit, I will start with you. This show was bizarre in so many ways, produced by Steven Soderbergh, but I, I don't know. I, I still The biggest shock was they didn't announce Best Picture last. They announced Best Actor last, and it went to, we thought they were setting up for a Chadwick Boseman, <laughs> and it went to a guy who wasn't even there, and Anthony Hopkins who, um, won his second Oscar. We we had uh, no host. We had no mask. Uh, we, it was at Union Station, which made for an, a different setting. Um, no music. Kit, what, do you think? No music. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Kit, what did you make of this show? This year's show. Well, yikes! It's just terminable. <laughs> I just I can't even. I can't. I just can't believe it. I mean, you know, Sottenberg kind of teased it as being like, oh, it's just going to be like a movie. And I'm thinking, oh, they'll like throw in like, you know, maybe film to bits and they'll they'll do different things, you know, like the side stuff. Uh, so I was kind of intrigued. And then and it kind of started out interesting. Here's Regina King. She's walking down the, you know, in the Union Station and, you know, it's starring this person and that person and all the presenters. I'm like, okay, I'm into this. And then it just went, what? <laughs> like, legit had nothing. It was, just, it was just the people standing there, you know, reading off the, the nominees and then pointing to the people that were sitting in the audience there that were nominees. Very awkward as they explain what, how they got into the biz or what started them in their, you know, in their careers and all this. And you're like, this is very awkward and no fun. Just zero fun. No fun. No clips. Hardly yeah. clips, I can say. The biggest thing I love the most is montages. Come on, this would be perfect setup for that. I mean, at least even the Golden Globes had montages. Uh, it was just awful. It was awful. <laughs> yeah, Joel, Joel you, you told me, you said you felt like you, you ran a marathon. I mean, this was one of the shortest Oscars we've had in a while. Um you know, they tried to do something a little bit different here because they, they didn't want a Zoom Oscar. They didn't want Jason Sudeikis getting an Oscar in a sweatshirt. You know, that that's all well and good. Uh, they got everyone tested. They got everyone vaccinated. They, they You know, they, they had everyone there without a mask on. And, and the, the setting, I kind of liked the stage, you know, at Union Station. You, you know, yeah. it was a, a weird setup, but... You had everyone there. You know, it was kind of like a Golden Globe sort of setup, if you will. But, but Joel, it just didn't work at all. What, what went wrong? Um, it, it needed a captain. It, it, it needed a host. And I think in, 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 you know, last year with no host, it was okay. You know, it worked for what they did. But, you know, a host still probably would have helped. But when, when you're dealing with a year like we've had, and you have to have a show like 
we got, you need a circus master. You need something to draw it back. I mean, a really good comic could have had a field day with what was going on with tonight's Oscars and would have injected so much life into it. Uh, I can't even imagine. But it just, it, 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 is, it is my favorite thing. I call it the Super Bowl. I've been into the Oscars since I was like nine years old, watching them with my parents. But tonight just, it felt like a chore. I mean, the thing just felt like a chore. And, and, and I don't, I can't quite figure out why, but it's just, I think it was innate in how it was set up. Um, and then it just, you know, the musical acts, I mean, yeah, okay, it takes some time, but it's something different. Clips are great. It's something different. What we got was three hours of exactly the same except for a little bit about that facility where older cinema people go to. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, it was basically like pre- presenter reward, presenter reward, presenter reward. Um, and the Grammys are doing that. But the thing with the Grammys is the reason why they do that on the Grammys is because they're jamming all the performances. So you're getting tons of live music. And we just had nothing with this. So it, it just... You know, when we talked about the nominations on the last podcast, we talked about it was very, you know, reflective of the year. And I'm wondering if maybe this is reflective of the year, but I feel, I got to feel that there's something else they could have done. I mean, even yeah. the, sorry, yeah, Andrew, sorry, sorry. I was going to say, yeah. even, even the Globes had some comedy to it, you know. I mean, it wasn't the... Well, it certainly wasn't great, but, you know, they had some comedy bits and some things that they were trying to do, and, you know, and it kind of, and some of the stuff worked, but they did nothing like that. I just don't understand why. Why? Why? Yeah. Okay, we're getting a, a little bit of an echo with you. I'm not quite sure why. It's not a bad one, but mm-hmm. I don't know if there's what? something to do that. A little bit of an echo. echo. Oh, is that better? Is it better now? Yeah, yeah, much better yeah. now. Much better now. Okay. Um, I mean, Andrew, this is a show that, that's seen rapidly declining ratings. I mean, even you go back to 2014, <laughs> 12 Years a Slave won, and 40 million people watched. And now, you're, you know, last year only, I think, 23 million people watched. This year's probably going to be well under that. So it needed a, a good show to kind of pull in uh, an audience that, you know, hadn't, seen any of these movies and, and frankly a lot of people complain the Oscars these watches are too political but you know this what, what, what went wrong here in your view well I mean the show itself and, and we were talking about this before we came on there were the almost the entire thing was either here's the list of nominees and then an acceptance speech. And I know that that's the majority of an award show ceremony, no matter what, but this was almost all of it. The only exceptions were the in memoriam, which was like, you know, like, like the, the, the credits, like, like they ran as fast as like the credits when you get deep into like the end movie credits. Like if you stay around for like the second song that plays over the credits, like that's how fast they were running. And then that Oscar trivia section, which was just like, Uh, I mean, it was just, it was just setting up for whatever that scripted Glenn Close thing is that they did, which was kind of funny, but like the rest of it was very awkward and strange. And that was it. And the rest of it, it was just like, like you may as well just be reading a list. That's essentially what it was. And, you know, I mean, and then they let the acceptance speeches go on forever. Ever. So, so I, so that was bad. I mean, all, all of that was bad. And I think it comes back to just, just like what we were talking about when we were talking about the nominees, which is nobody's talking about these movies in general. Um, and and that, that's a big problem for the Oscars now. Like I think about like, you know, the year Forrest Gump won and it's like Forrest Gump and Pulp Fiction were up for everything. Those were two movies that, everybody saw like every Mm -hmm. like just normal average movie going American saw. And and those were what were competing for everything this year. It was, you know, nomad land and mank and, and I know that they were all on streaming and, and people had access to see them, 
But that doesn't mean that people on a Friday night were like, I want to watch The Sound of Metal. Like, like that, that wasn't happening. So I think that's the big thing that, that they're going to have to figure out. Like, when are they going to start to figure out, like, how can we honor movies that are great that people also see? And, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, like you go back in time, like a movie like The Dark Knight, which did not get nominated for hardly any Oscars. That was a great five-star movie that should have been nominated for Best Picture. And probably should have won that year. And it, mm. it's like there's this disconnect between like, and it's not even what's good versus what isn't good. It's like what's good, but also like awards worthy. And that like didn't right. used to exist. Like, I feel like, 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 I feel like they've gotten so far, like, you know, like, you know, like up their own butts about like, oh, this is what actually <laughs> matters that they've forgotten that like, they're supposed to be honoring like the films of the year and the things that represent the year. And, you know, sometimes they bring things in, like sometimes, you know, like black Panther gets nominated or get out gets nominated or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, but, but that's like, or like Lord of the Rings when that won, but like, that just seems few and far between And before they do that, like the ratings are just going to keep tumbling. And if the shows are like this, 100%, they're going to keep tumbling. And it's funny because like, I watched the Grammys a month ago. That show was really mm-hmm. good. Like that was a yep. good COVID show. It was like, it didn't mm-hmm. feel like a bunch of people on zoom. And one of the producers of that produced this. And this was like the polar opposite of that in terms of entertaining. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, the Oscars used to take into account popular sentiment and they, they don't anymore because it's, it's all about what is the industry talk about? But part of it is there's just been a huge collapse in the industry of, of good adult drama that just aren't even getting made anymore. Like, I don't know if a movie like Forrest Gump could get made today. I mean, it's hard to imagine something like that getting made today. Frankly. But, um, you know, I was this year, Forrest Gump won Best Picture. Do you know who else was nominated that year? I'm looking at this list. Um, Shawshank yeah, Redemption, which actually did, did great, was a great movie, but didn't do all that well box office, kind of got a cult following later. Uh, Pulp Fiction, like you said, which was a huge hit. Four Weddings and a Funeral, which was a huge hit. And yeah. A lot of people saw it. Yeah. And Quiz Show, you know, which yep. which was under which was still a good movie. But it's anyway, incredibly I, underrated. Uh, though, your Quiz Show. Yeah, I always liked Quiz Show, but I'm looking here. It only made me thirty million at the box office. Um. So anyway, Adam, what, what do you make of uh, of this year's show from the East Coast? Well, <laughs> I don't know if my, my geographical region is supposed to give me a different perspective, but I agree with what, what <laughs> I agree with what the West, the Pacific Coast people are saying. Uh, I think the West, the West Coast has it right. Um, no, I mean I I thought the show was the, I wish I could say something different, but I thought the show was terrible. I mean, and I, I hate to be critical because I love the Oscars like Joel uh, said he does. And I'll still be watching and, you know, doing this podcast as long as you'll have it. So it's not like I'm quitting, but I, I sincerely hope it, it's more exciting next year. I mean, this felt yeah. somewhere, if the Oscars were once a great thing, this was somewhere between, like, Oscar the Grouch and the very end of his career, Oscar de la Hoya, when he could barely stand. and was like getting knocked out. <laughs> that, that, that's what See, that Oscar right there? Oh, wow. <laughs> That, that, that right there was better than the whole show. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I thank you. And I would say for Steven Soderbergh, who I I do believe has lots of talent, he clearly knows yes. more about drug traffic than web traffic. That's <laughs> obvious. Here. So, oh, wow. Thank you, and uh, I should have hosted this show. Back to you, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the, the big winner here, which was Nomadland. Um you know, Adam and I, you and I hated this movie, or did I, I actually did? I didn't like it that much. So I'll just say, it. I know Kit and 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 Andrew, uh, you guys love this movie, Joel. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think you're somewhere in between, if I'm if I'm correct. But um, yeah, where do we look at Nomadland as one of on the list of kind of the the all time best pictures? Is this kind of will be looked at as sort of a fluke year? It was COVID. A lot of good movies didn't come out because they were they were held back or for their production delays due to COVID. And so 
So Nomadland is, is kind of looked at as um, kind of that weird year, uh, or is it really one of the one of the better best picture movies? Joel, I'll go to you since you you have an in between view of Nomadland. What do you think? Well, I I think it's it to me the thing that struck me the most is it that it it reminded me of the year that Slumdog Millionaire won, mm-hmm. um, where it, it just seemed like it it peaked at the right time. And it was the movie that Oscar people, not America per se, but Oscar people were talking about. And so when it won, it wasn't a surprise. Um, and I feel like it was like preordained almost that Nomadland would win. Um, and, and I feel like at the time, I mean, I, I, I like Slumdog, don't get me wrong, but I feel like there's a bit of a hangover about that movie that it hasn't, it's not that it hasn't aged well, but it's not that you want a movie as the Academy that you can hold up in 50 years and say, this was the best movie of this year. And mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't see, I did not see that from Slumdog Millionaire. I don't see that from Nomadland. Um, I mean, I'm frankly shocked that it lost cinematography because that scene they showed yeah. from that movie, I saw that, <laughs> yeah. you know, exactly. and I was like, <laughs> I was just thinking like, if shot. I was that guy, I'd be like standing up being like, do you see that? Like, do you see what I did? Uh, like, what do I have to do, <laughs> for God's sake? Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a movie of our time. And uh, uh, to go positive here for a sec. You know, a lot of people lost their jobs in the last year. A lot of people are not working. There are a lot of people living in their vans. Um, that being said, I mean, these, these people of, in this movie choose to live that way. But I think it, it maybe, maybe I don't, it's hard to determine the collective thinking of a group, but maybe the Academy felt like it reflected this past year the best. And it wasn't necessarily the best movie, but it reflected the world we live in today. Will it be a movie in 50 years that we hold up and we say, this is the Academy Award winner? No, I don't think so. I, I don't at all. By the way, I love Slumdog Millionaire. I just, I just want to say that. Oh, I, I did too. I did love this song, actually. <laughs> it was a I'm great, uh, it was kind of like the, the great, off, great uh, ode to, to Bollywood, if you will. Um, yes. But I mean, it's, it, it, we, even in years that haven't had COVID, we've had some weird Best Picture winners. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Moonlight, Moonlight yeah. was slow. Uh, Green Book had a lot of problems. The Shape of Water had yeah. a lot of problems. I mean, we're we're not always get. I mean, it's just partially due to the um, the uh, preferential choice ballot that that we have. What do you think? Well, you know, I'm like, you know, like you said or just before, you said that Andrew and I are the ones who really like this movie, and I really did like this movie. And watching that clip from the film, too, you're right. I was thinking, like, hello, <laughs> this is what cinematography's about. Yeah, I guess it made one, but, you know, come on. So I'm not unhappy with it, and I feel like that's just the way things go sometimes these days. I really think the best picture winner is always kind of a – of a mixed bag for people. Um, you know, uh, like you said, Moonlight was, was a good movie, but did I think it was best picture? No. Green Book certainly did not think that was best picture in my head. Of course, we're going to no. always bring up the artist. I, come on. I mean, it's just, that's my, you know, that's my perception and other people have different perceptions. You did not like No Badlands. It bored the heck out of you. I get it. I understand. And that's fine. But it did not bore me, and I feel that look, what Joel said, I feel like it, it kind of, you know, represented what the world's like right now, and there was just something quiet and, and beautiful about it to me. So I'm not unhappy with the winning, you know, of it. But, yes, am I going to hold it up to the world and say, this is our best picture? You know, no. Parasite last year, I was so thrilled, even though I didn't pick it. Yes. I was so happy about that because it was just – breaking boundaries, it was, you know, a foreign film, it was just all the things, but it was a really, really good movie, you know, and I felt like, yes, that was, that was the correct choice, and this year, you can hold that one up in 50 years, yes, yes, exactly, and this year, it was just kind of a mixed bag of weirdness, so, 
In case you're wondering, 50 years ago, Patton won Best Picture. Ah, <laughs> um, there you go. The, the two, there you go, Patton. The, two year, the year before, the, Patton, the two, year before that was Midnight Cowboy. The year after was oh. French Connection. Yeah. Which yeah, you know, got Orange, The Last Picture Show, Fiddler on the Roof. The year after that was The Godfather. But Those Fiddler are on the Roof? Come on. Fiddler Please. on the Roof? Just, exactly. <laughs> Making, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, just like, Andrew, go I ahead. mean, you just listed like, you just listed like, I mean, they're not random because they're 50 years ago, but like, you just listed off all these movies that are classics that people go back to all the time. Like, yeah. Has anybody watched an education since it got nominated for Best Picture? <laughs> I mean, like, no. like, like the Best Picture nominations. Right yeah. I mean, it's fine. I mean, but it's not like Fiddler on the Roof. It's not like The Godfather. It's not like something that you're going back <laughs> to. Um, and, and, and that's what I just think is missing is like almost like the, like, you know, like the foresight of now to say, I mean, the one that I always go back to is, yeah, you just mentioned Shape of Water, is Shape of Water beat Get Out. People are going to yeah. go back to Get Out forever, and they're going to say, right. wow, that was a great movie. It was super relevant. It, was, it changed some things. It pushed, it pushed the medium forward. No one's ever going to go back to Shape. And then they're going to be like, oh, that didn't win Best Picture? What, what? I mean, it's like, you know, when How Green Was My Valley beat Citizen Kane. It's like, yeah. like yeah. you become famous for the wrong reason. And, also, come on. Mm, we got to remember Shakespeare in Love beating, uh, you know, Saving uh, yeah, Private right. Riot. I mean. <laughs> yeah. And and I think that that might be where it all turned because that was when it became more about the Oscar campaign than just like like what Philip was saying was yeah. like responding to popular sentiment, responding to critical acclaim and all that. Like Harvey Weinstein figured out. I have this movie that's, I mean, Shakespeare in Love is great. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Shakespeare. I think that's a great movie. It's very fun. But, like, Saving Private Ryan is, like, the best picture of that year. Like, it's, like, not really much of a question. And and Harvey Weinstein (laughs) figured out, I I can figure out how to beat that. And that's kind of, like, the game that's been being played, like, ever since then. And, like, every so often, you like, you get these movies that it's, like, like, I think Parasite's a good example or, like, No Country for Old Men that are just, like, great, great, great movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and No Country for Old Men beat There Will Be Blood. Like, that was the year where it was like, wow, these are two, like, all-time right. classics that people are going to go sure. back to. And and sometimes that rises above the fray, but then you just, like, you know, it's like then you just get bogged back down in, like, The Shape of Water or something like that. Or you have, like, something like Moonlight, which beat the – the the super Oscar campaign movie of uh, La La Land, which is great. Mm-hmm. Like, it was great to see that Moonlight um, was able to overcome that. But, I mean, like, this year, like, I'm, I'm, I mean, I loved Nomadland. That was, I think that was the best movie that I saw last year. Um, I, was, I mean, I do, I, I have a very soft spot for Palm Springs. I loved Palm Springs. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> but... But I don't have much of a problem of it winning because, like, this was such a weird year. Like, what was the movie of this year? Like, it, right. I don't think we're going to be able to go back and say, like, was it, like, unhinged with Russell Crowe? Because that was the first movie no. that, like, reopened movie theaters. Like, you know, I mean, it's like, <laughs> there, like there, there was no movie of this year. So, like, I mean, I mean I'm personally happy with it. I thought that movie was brilliant. Like, like um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what else you would have really given it to. Uh, I got to say, actually, Andrew, you're going to kill me for saying this, but finally a week ago, it took me six months or whatever, I finally watched The Trial, trial of Chicago 7. And I oh, no, like, don't do it. <laughs> I actually really, really like it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> me too. You're also talking to someone who, who likes everything that Aaron Sorkin does no matter what. So I, I even like Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, so that, that tells you something, although that, that was kind of weird. Um, <laughs> Adam, what do you, what do you make of uh, of Nomadland winning, and where where does how does it break down for you? Sure, and and Andrew, don't get mad at me. I'm, I, you know, I respect your opinion and, and your wisdom on many things. <laughs> I'm one of the few people who who to this day think Shakespeare in Love was a better movie than Saving Private Ryan. 
<laughs> oh no! Oh, well, uh, wait, 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 Adam, 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 Adam. You and I are in agreement on that, 100%. Per my personal opinion, I'm not the biggest Saving Private Ryan fan. Um, I agree with you. I, I think Shakespeare loves a better movie, wow. but I still think By Saving way, Private Ryan is like the one best thing for that. I like Life is Beautiful that you're better than both of them. But yeah, yeah that was that was, well, that was a great, great movie too. Yeah. That was a great a great year. But but I'll say this: if, if you wanted to strike back at Harvey Weinstein and his whole agenda, Promising Young Woman should have won this year. That would have been the ultimate yeah. uh, oh, well, anti-Harvey yeah. Weinstein for other reasons. But well, put, we haven't that, even started <laughs> talking about Best Actors yet. Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, we'll go to that. But but putting that aside, Phil, now now it's my turn to, to turn on you. I actually you mischaracterized my opinion of No Madland. I'm sorry to say. I actually, okay. I did like Nomadland. I just, it wasn't my number one pick. That that was where, it, it's one of those films where I was so impressed from a technical standpoint. I thought the cinematography, like everyone else said, I couldn't believe it didn't win because to me that was the best asset uh, yeah. of the whole yeah. story. And it definitely was a extremely well told and, you know, beautiful, beautifully tragic tale. So I'm not going to go home saying this is, this is an outrage, you know, that this one. I, I wouldn't have been my top choice because, like I said, I think movies, I think we've forgotten, and maybe it's a slightly different interpretation of what Andrew and Kit are saying, but in the same vein, movies should be entertaining as well. I think what makes movies popular is you feel good when you see them, and maybe good doesn't mean it has to be happy, but, uh, you know, I, I think for me, Nomadland felt like a bit of a slog. I, I just, you know, but I feel that way when I see Terrence Malick films and certain other things yeah. that I know other people have more patience for, right? But I, I, to me, the best picture should be something that packs a, a, a real punch, you know, where you f- feel something. And you know, Trial of the, of the Chicago 7 did that for me. Promising Young Woman did that for me, right? Nomadland, to me, was more of like something I'd, I'd want to have in art house cinema and teach to a class sort of thing. So mm. is it a travesty? No. I think it's more than fine that it won, and it's great to see women directors getting recognized. But uh, it wouldn't have been my choice, but I think it's okay. Okay. Uh, great. I want to move on. Let's talk about um, the acting awards. So we thought this year we were going to get, there was a chance we would get all non-white winners for yep. the two supporting actor awards, the two acting awards, and director. And we got that with Chloe Zhao winning director. We got that with Daniel Kaluuya and Young Zhao Yoon or whatever for, for her uh, supporting actor award. But instead of Chadwick Boseman, who, I, I, you know, we thought we were going to end the show on that note, and instead it went to Anthony Hopkins, um, who wasn't even there. So instead of getting Chadwick Boseman and Viola Davis potentially, although her, her win was far from the show, um, we get... Anthony Hopkins winning the second most, winning for a second time, excuse me, and Francis McDormand winning for a third time. Um, Anthony Hopkins, uh, we're going to go over time. Anthony Hopkins becomes the oldest man ever to win Best Actor at age 83 for uh, The Father, uh, almost 30 years after he won for South of the Lambs. I can believe it's that long. Uh, he joins the Daniel Day Lewis is the record for three wins for a Best Actor. Uh, the only other people with two are Spencer Tracy, Jack Nicholson, Marlon Brando, Dustin Hoffman, Gary Cooper, Tom Hanks, Sean Penn, and Frederick March. So uh, Anthony Hopkins joins that list, and then Frances McDormand, kind of a a big shocker, winning Best Actress over. We kind of thought it was between Carrie Mulligan and Viola Davis. But she wins for her third time, uh, putting her ahead of Meryl Streep, of all people, uh, and people like Betty Davis and Ingrid Bergman and Jane Fonda and Elizabeth Taylor and Olivia de Havilland and Jodie Foster, Sally Field, uh, and others, and only behind Catherine Hepburn. So uh, a big win for her. So, Adam, I'll start with you. What do you make of these two acting winners, deserved, undeserved, um, how do you the Academy kind of giving it to the two old white people here for for actor and actress? 
Well, I mean, I think, look, if you want to focus on these being the two marquee acting awards and you want to talk about diversity, I guess that's a valid question. But I I really don't think this is the year to attack the Oscars for that. I mean, there was tremendously diverse representation across many awards, like you said. I, I would say the theme of the show was pretty much uh, a nonstop uh, run of social justice type stuff. So they definitely changed you know, and, and, and I think opened their mind to being much more progressive and inclusive. Um, and I would look at the, the performances themselves. I, I was surprised Frances McDormand won, partly because I hadn't seen her, you know, uh, as high on the odds as some of the others. But that being said, I mean, it was definitely an Oscar-worthy performance that she gave, right? I mean, she was amazing, right? I mean, that entire film was basically her caring mm-hmm. right that and the cinematography so i can't complain about that you know i would have probably given it to to carrie mulligan if i had a pick but you know all of them are deserving right and then you look at the at the you know the award I, this sounds very almost controversial to say but i, I did think chadwick boseman was sort of this you know unquestioned winner in part because the, the posthumous angle was carrying him right an extra bit in the narrative and i think we did deserve to to really study the the performances and say who really was better and anthony hopkins is an extraordinary actor deserving of two oscars and in this case i don't think he was any less deserving than bozeman this year so i i think i think they're shocking decisions but they're good decisions yeah yeah no no the next what do you think you know i i've said this probably a million times and i'll say it again Anthony Hopkins broke my heart into a trillion mm. pieces at the end of that movie. And yeah. I still have not recovered from that. And in my review, I said it was one of the best performances of not just the year, but the decade, the millennium. I mean, it was otherworldly. The whole thing does not work, not for what he did with that role. And it all leads up, up, leads up to that last 10 minutes that just mm. breaks your heart. And, um, the thing about Chadwick is, is at first after seeing the movie and everybody talking about it, I thought maybe it was, it, it was more of a, a supporting uh, uh, role. Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm. but then that people that had seen it said, oh, no, 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 it's Chadwick's movie. But, like, it's Ma Rainey's movie. Um, and a lot happens with Chadwick's character. So, I mean, I think maybe to start with, maybe he was in the wrong category. Um, but that being said, I'm not sure he would have beaten Daniel. So anyway, um, I just, I just think Anthony Hopkins deserved it completely. And there were several scenes, if we would have had clips, which we didn't, there were several scenes that Chadwick had where he literally <laughs> burned the set with what he did. Yeah. And, right. and that would have been amazing to see at the Oscars and worthy of him getting the award. But at the end of the day, the right person won. Um, I predicted mm-hmm. wrong on this because I just felt like the momentum was like a tsunami, like it was unstoppable. But if you take a step back, maybe a couple steps back, Anthony Hopkins 100% deserves it. Now, in terms of the actress thing, I have a, a kind of a funny take on this in that, you know, for years, people have been like, well, she's no Meryl Streep. She's no Meryl Streep. And I think people need to stop saying that. I think they need to right. say she's, she's no Frances McDermott. Because three best actress winners winning is, is just incredible. I mean, especially in the amount of time that she's done it in so far. And I think we need to have a debate as to if, you know, for, within film community, as to, to, to which actress I hate using the word better, but like just grabs you more. And I think they each are different actresses. And um, without Francis and the cinematography that we've already talked about, without Francis, Nomadland doesn't win. Nomadland is your best picture. Therefore, Francis McDermott is your best actress. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I'll say about Francis McDormand, I think she's amazing, by the way. I, I Probably, mm-hmm. but you make a good point. One of the more underrated actresses out there now, you know, a three-time Oscar winner, and certainly, 
definitely deserving so for Fargo and Three Billboards both. And and this is a, a yeah. Oscar worthy performance, although there were other great performances this year as well. So um but I was like most of her career she was just doing Coen Brothers movies. And grant she was a great movie, Coen Brothers movies. But um I was wondering if she had done other things if maybe she would have gotten that Meryl Streep um uh designation, if you will, in earlier age. Yeah, she's yeah. Built more than just Color Brothers movie. Um, still yeah. love her, and you know, she's doing all kinds of stuff, and she's still married to um, Joel Cohen. Joel. Uh, Andrew, it is interesting, though, just from the standpoint of, like, the prognostication game, though. Um, neither SAG winner won for Best Actor Actress, and instead it went to the BAFTA winners, um, which is which is definitely a change. This is the second time Viola Davis has won a SAG for Best Actress and not won the Oscar. She that happened with the Help as well. But what, what do you make of that? Uh, yeah. So so a couple of things. Like first of all, like like I don't think that we need to be vaulting Frances McDormand over Meryl Streep quite yet. She still has yeah. fourteen fewer Oscar nominations. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep has 21 nominations. Francis McDormand has seven. Um, and they still won the same number. It's just one of Meryl Streep's was for supporting. So, I mean, Francis McDormand, obviously, in the upper, upper, upper echelon of all time. Um, but still, I mean, I still think Streep is, is the queen. Um, yeah. But, and then, and then just on the Anthony Hopkins note, I mean, I agree with Joel. I mean, I personally probably would have voted for Riz Ahmed just because, yeah. um, j- just because Sound of Metal. And I know this is silly to say, but it, it's just more of a movie. Like the father is a play, um, mm. but Anthony Hopkins is so brilliant in, in that movie. I mean, he's brilliant. I mean, it's the, it's the best performance. He's. I mean, like I said, he was great in the Two Popes too. But it's the best yeah. performance he's given since Silence of the Lambs or Remains of the Day, like, like back then. Like, um, you know, and I mean, you think about like where his career went, where he's making like, you know, like The Edge and like all this random crap for like 20 years. And, and to, yeah, and to like really bring it back home with, um, uh, with this film and, and to win for it. I mean, it's great. Like that's a career capper and, and um, he deserved to win. So I think that that's the, the major thing for me there. And now I completely forgot your question, Phil. What was your question before I started showing off this tangent? wondering about the prognostication game, which, which I know you're... Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, it's, right? So, so, but like the issue that I always have with SAG is... Like, that was so long ago almost. Well, I guess the awards weren't that long ago, but some of the problem with SAG sometimes is that people haven't seen all the movies yet, right? Like, people haven't gotten around to their screener of The Father. They haven't gotten around to their screener of, of other things. And, and that's why it doesn't sync up. Yeah, and then the other thing the is, like, well, I, I don't know if it was this year, but the other thing is, like, the SAG voting body is so much bigger than the Academy voting body. Like, people who act in commercials exclusively, people who act in TV exclusively vote for SAG. So BAFTA, mm-hmm. BAFTA's like a subset of the Academy, but it probably has the most overlap. But, like, while, why I discounted the, the McDormand thing this year was that none of the other than Vanessa Kirby – none of the other nominees were nominated for the BAFTA. So it was almost like she was fighting without any competition there. Right. So I kind of was like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to really pay attention to that. And it, it yeah. And like you said, it turned out that was the right, that was the right thing to follow. And you know, the, the Chadwick Boseman thing, like, like Adam and, and Joel was saying, it just felt like the momentum to like honor him um, and honor his career, like the last chance that we'd have to do that. It, it felt like that was like nothing was going to get in the way of that. And, you know, and then Anthony Hopkins won the BAFTA. And it's like maybe that wasn't as important there because uh, maybe they also were thinking that was the last chance to honor Anthony Hopkins and he's British and, and all yeah. that stuff. So, so that was why I kind of discounted it. But like, 
certainly when I was going through my ballot, I was like, you know, Anthony Hopkins could win after winning that BAFTA. And Mm -hmm. that performance is like anybody who saw that, it's really hard if you're voting on just like the quality and the merit of the performance. It's really hard to vote for Anthony Hop or to vote for Chadwick Boseman over Anthony Hopkins in, in that yes. specific instance. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, Chadwick mm-hmm. Boseman's great in that movie, but it, it's almost more of like a stage acting performance than it is like a traditional film acting performance. And that was probably what they were going for, like as they were making that film. But when you look at Anthony Hopkins, like that's a film acting performance that's a movie star taking over a role that like, you know, if, if you put somebody who is a lesser actor in there, it just doesn't work. Like Joel was saying. And, and yeah, I mean, the last 10 minutes is just like, I mean, it's all him. I mean, it's all him. It reminded me almost of like the last 10 minutes of Captain Phillips where it's like all Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. And of course Tom oh, Hanks didn't yeah. even get nominated. He, did, he yeah. didn't even get nominated for an Oscar for I that, know. for whatever ridiculous reason. Oh. But it's like Gosh. it's just all him, and it's and it's it's a really great performance. So, you know, sometimes it's like all reason gets thrown out when the quality is so high. Like, like I always think of like I always say there's like different reasons why people win an Oscar, and there's always the the one where it's just it's so good you win. And like the the two I always point to is like last year Renee Zellweger winning for Judy. Like, who was that movie even made for? She was just so good in it that she wasn't going to lose. And another one that I always point to is um, Forrest Whitaker in The Last King of Scotland. He was just so good in it that, like, it wasn't even a very good movie. um, But he was just, like, so other, like, such an otherworldly presence in that that it was like, well, you see it and you're like, that he's going to win. Or, like, another one's like Kate Blanchett and Blue Jasmine. Oh, like, you see that, like, there's no one who's going to beat her. And, and I feel like that, you know, like, it, it wasn't a traditional movie year, but, like, that could have happened with Anthony Hopkins in, like, a traditional movie year where everyone was like, wow, like, just seeing that, like, he killed me, he, he's got to win. I, I do just want to say, Forrest Whitaker, I, I don't care what anyone says about that movie, you should have been supporting actor. that movie. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's 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 similar, I mean, it's, he was it's not funny you say that, because that's, it's funny you say that because that's similar to Anthony Hopkins in uh, Silence of the Lambs. I mean, he's only in that oh, for yeah. like less than 20 minutes. But right. yeah. Yeah. Although he is sort of the main actor in that movie, even though he's only in it for 20 minutes. But like James McAvoy was the main actor in Last King of Scotland. But sure. I guess it, it was actually a weak year that year if I look at the, the nominees for Best Actors. Leonardo DiCaprio for Blood Diamond, Ryan Gosling for Half Nelson, Will Smith for The Pursuit of Happiness. And, Peter O'Toole for Venus, but um, anyway, that was an, an aside. Um, all right, uh, Kit, I want to get your take on, on the acting, and it does seem like, um, you know, when The Father won for Best Screenplay, it did seem like that was maybe leading towards, or at least that's what, Clayton Davis, who won the, uh, the Oscar pool this year, who's the Variety Awards show uh, editor, um, he thought when the father won for best screenplay, and he was hearing a lot of people saying the father would win for best screenplay, that would also lead to to Hopkins winning. It, it is weird to have a screenplay to actor kind of track. And, and then, uh, so I want to get your take on that real quick. And then uh, McDormand, by the way, first ever woman to win a producer Oscar uh, for a movie she started. So that that's an interesting side note too. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, I'll start with Frances of Dora. I, I, um, I agree with all of you. I think she's a fantastic actress, and she's certainly, you know, deserving of everything she ever does. However, I felt this time around, she was kind of playing herself. <laughs> In fact, she, yeah. she had said that she wanted to make a movie where she was didn't have to wear any makeup and could just travel around the country. She said that. That's what she got to make this movie because she really wanted to just do that. And and although I felt she was fantastic, and I also felt she was sort of more the conduit for the rest of the movie. So we were seeing which we were seeing what was happening through her eyes, and she was more of the reactor than the, you know, the the. I, I felt like everyone around her was the one that I was watching or most interested in. 
So, I mean, I I understand why she won, but I just don't think it, you know, I don't think that's her best performance by any stretch. And I feel like if I were to pick somebody as far as an actress who should have won, it would have been Carrie Mulligan. I mean, that, for me, was the the best performance of last year. Um, Also, Vanessa Kirby, I thought, was unbelievably devastating as well. So I feel like I'm glad she got the nomination. But I feel like Carrie Mulligan should have won. I picked Viola because, yeah, we were all kind of feeling that that vibe, which was, you know, sort of a very diverse group of winners. The first time that would ever happen, you know, you had your female director and you had, you know, all of this and you had Korean actress winning Best Supporting Actress. I mean, there was all of that momentum. So I was just on that bandwagon. And I, you know, obviously we, we were wrong on that. But I don't necessarily believe that Francis deserved that, to be honest with you. That's just my opinion on the on the role. Um, loved the movie, and she was the, the most, you know, she was the best part of it, but she was more of the conduit. With uh, Anthony Hopkins, however, I mean, Joel and I both talk about this, is that he was, for me, the best performance of last year. I mean, I was absolutely devastated by that by that performance. And... Um, but again, I, Hadwick was also quite good, but maybe he was more of a supporting actor um, overall. And, you know, Viola was also really great in that too, but, you know, I just was on that kind of bandwagon. Um, so Anthony winning, I'm I'm all for it. I mean, I just feel like that that was the best performance. I did love Riz too, though. I have to go with you on that, Andrew. So when he popped up on the screen, you know, Riz Ahmed, I'm like, yeah. I mean that was just a brilliant performance, and I'm so glad Sound of Metal got some got some love too. I mean that was the, the editing. I think all of us was kind of surprised about that. Um, I was anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah. you know I, I I feel like that was you know that was a great movie. But um, yeah, I mean I just uh, I guess I guess we were just on a different vibe. And to be honest with you, I wish we, I wish the vibe we were on was what actually happened because then. Oscars could redeem itself in all kinds of ways, but you know they didn't go that route completely. Not to say that they right. didn't, you know, give shout outs to, to others, but yeah, that's my feeling. All right, I want to point out no Oscars for the trial of the Chicago Seven, which I think ah. is probably the most popular of the Best Picture nominees this year because that Netflix was making sure that was always on my queue. Um, yeah, but. Uh, I think more people saw that movie than any of the nominees, uh, but that did maybe more people saw Soul, but uh, uh, certainly the Best Picture nominees. But but that won zero Oscars, so completely shut out. Um, I'm going to open it up the floor here. And any other surprises? Anything that people want to point out from from this Oscars? Anyone want to jump in? Uh, well, other cinematography. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for me, yeah, that yeah. was, yeah. I mean, yeah, I I can see the production design, you know, that that is pretty impressive. But the uh, the cinematography and like we said before, the scene they showed, I was just like, hello. I mean, there's nobody in the room to talk to, but I was like, hello, this is it. Um, I think I think that's kind of a, a big surprise. I think I was a little surprised about, this is a strange category to mention, but documentary short, um, a concerto is a conversation that seemed to be doing like the, the Harvey Weinstein thing. I mean, that movie and the people involved in that movie were everywhere. They were on Good Morning America, the Today Show, the Late Show. I mean, it was all over the place for a short. I was just shocked. I was, I was so sure that that was going to win. Uh, but then Colette won. So, I, I mean, that to me was, was rather, rather a shock. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I when cinematography that. went to, to make, that was where I was texting you guys. I'm like, this doesn't look good for Nomadland. But I, I do go back to the fact that there is this preferential ballot. And, you know, Sasha Stone, who runs the awards, awardsdaily.com, she always takes a poll and asks people to rank their top three films of the year uh, among the nominees. And uh, a lot of people still had Nomadland in their top three. And so maybe mm-hmm. if a lot of people didn't pick it number one, it still stayed in people's top three. And there wasn't really a consensus around another movie, I guess, to, right. so, you know, as, as a runner-up, so to speak. Um, but then, you know, best song, I think that was a surprise where you had her mm-hmm. winning for, for Judas and the Black Messiah. 
Um, and and oh, Joel, yeah. I know, you know, and Adam as well, you too, um, very disappointed that this award didn't go to uh, Husevic, uh from Eurovision <laughs> Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. And we didn't even get to really hear the song, although they had maybe like a 15-second clip. But um, that that was one of the surprises tonight, because actually most people thought the best song winner would be would be uh, Speak Now from One Night in Miami. And that movie yeah. also came out. You know, I, I got to say something real, real quick. It struck a lightning bolt to my heart that 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 song wasn't going to win when they played that quick clip and it closed on Will Ferrell and people laughed. And, yeah. and, and I was like, oh, no. Like, I don't think people took that that seriously because it was yeah. Will Ferrell. I, that just struck me. I was like, why are they laughing at that song? No, they're laughing at Will Ferrell. And by the way, they did actually yeah. play all of the um, – they they pre-recorded all the original songs, and they were playing them before the award show. So uh, if you had turned – if you had tuned into uh, to ABC, like, say, around 3.30 or 4 o'clock or whatever, they were playing – all of them actually yeah. were performed. 3.30 in the afternoon is way too early for the Oscars. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I know, <laughs> but I'm just saying they did get a chance to perform them, and then yeah, I so understand. I happened to watch. And the last one that was performed was the fight, whatever your fight or whatever it was for yeah. uh, from Judas. Yeah. Yep. And I went, ooh, yep. this is a good song. <laughs> yeah. For her, I guess she's kind of an up and comer and very stylish, you know, very stylistic, and and I was like, oh man, that's a good song. So. <laughs> I yeah, um, no, she I is one of the more up and coming. Yeah. I only caught the uh, the Eurovision song, and I, that was just crazy. That was they they filmed it in Iceland. They added an all Icelandic uh, young girls choir as the song oh, finished. Wow. There were fireworks over the over the town with the water reflecting the light in the sky, and I was like, "This is gonna win, baby." <laughs> 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 All right, uh, Adam or Andrew, any any other comments uh, on this year's Oscars? You know, I, I think we covered right everything. We, uh, the fact that there's such a consensus about the quality of the show overall, uh, I think, speaks volumes. But uh, I, I really hope. I mean, I know we always say go back to the same well and bring back Billy Crystal, but yeah, I, I didn't. See, I didn't see him in the in memoriam, so he's still alive. He's doing a he's doing a movie, a movie with, with Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> <laughs> Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. Seventy three. Yeah, that he's ten years younger than Anthony Hopkins. Great. Yeah, maybe have them maybe have them co host next time. Yeah, oh, there you go. Great. That's great. Great great idea. Great idea. Um, I like the All right, let's let's go real quick. Uh, I always bring up we we always end this uh, show with one looking at the Razzies and two our predictions for the following year. So first we'll look at the Razzies. This year's big winner for the Razzies was Absolute Proof, um, <laughs> which was a, a movie that aired on the One American News Network. Uh, Mike Lindell, who produced the movie, also won Worst Actor, uh, the My Pillow guy, uh, beating out Robert Downey Jr. for Doolittle and David Spade for the wrong Missy and Adam Sandler for UB Halloween and someone named Michelle Morone for Things in 65 Days. So I heard it was terrible. Um, the Worst Director um, went to Thea. I didn't even know she directed ah. that movie. She directed ah. music. <laughs> music. Um, yes. Kate Hudson yes. won Worst Actress after getting nominated for the same role for a Golden Globe. <laughs> and uh, Maddie, Maddie Ziegler, uh, also in the movie Music, won Worst Actress. So those two worst movies of the year by far, Absolute Proof and, and Music. And then uh, Rudy Giuliani did win for Worst Supporting Actor for Borat. <laughs> Um, oh my God, that, that's so that's funny! <laughs> so oh funny! God. And uh, Rudy Giuliani also won for worst screen combo with 
his zipper pants, his Rudy Giuliani, his zipper pants, and then worst mm, uh, sequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel went to Doolittle, um, which I did hear was terrible. I never saw it. Horrible. I don't know if you guys saw it. Um, oh, yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Ah. Same, because I loved the books as a kid. But uh, any reactions to the Razzies, a, a deserved winner maybe with, with Mike Lindell and Absolute Proof? Really, really nothing could have been worse than that. I just want to I just want to put out point out that um, Maddie Ziegler's characters in music that the character's first name is music. That's yeah. all. I, that's all I have to say. About <laughs> oh yeah, music Campbell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the the thing that got me though is. is, okay. is not that you think Razzies in politics, but I've noticed a trend in the last several years as, as conservative yeah. people put out these movies. It, it, it's almost like mm-hmm. the Razzies just love to stick their teeth into mm-hmm. a conservative far right uh, based in lies movie uh, and, and, and to say it's the worst movie of the year. Now, maybe it really is, or maybe they're trying to be political. Uh, it's kind of hard to say, but I just I find that a fascinating trend. Yeah, because Dinesh D'Souza, like, he usually, yeah, he's always up there for this. Right, exactly. Yeah, he won for Hillary's America, the secret history of the Democratic Party. However, I mean, Adam, you tuned me on to this. That movie was really bad, like, really, really bad. I I watched some clips of it. Like, any Republican would have thought that movie was terrible. Phil, you think that that's Dinesh D'Souza one? Oh, that, yeah. I mean, oh my gosh. <laughs> it just, yeah, that's a disgrace, that film. <laughs> um, those are the only two political movies to have won, it looks like, uh, for what it's worth. So we'll, we'll see what happens in uh, in four years. Last year's winner, of course, So that was more of a traditional uh, Razzie type one. Um and oh, then, uh, yeah. Anyway, any, any, um, uh, any, I just like to point out that. Uh, just a quick question: If Rudy sorry, Giuliani went, did Rudy Giuliani attend to accept the award? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> I don't Seems unlikely. <laughs> I just I want to point out that uh, that that Cats is still the last movie I've seen in the movie theater. Oh, oh wow. my God! <laughs> my, yeah. I think mine, mine was Ford versus Ferrari. I think mine was Bloodsport. I think that's what it was called with Vin Diesel. Oh, oh no, 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 that was like Bloodshot. That was it, Bloodshot. Yep. <laughs> not, not a good way to end my tenure of theater going. No, no. Adam, didn't you say you saw Promising a Woman in a theater just recently? Yes, I saw it last week. Uh, once I had the two shots, and, and it was great, actually. It was very enjoyable. One thing I want to say, Phil, can someone finally give a little more appreciation to Ray Fiennes? I thought he was so great in The Dig. He's been bypassed so, so many times. So this good. guy deserves an Oscar. Please, someone he give does. him a role. He will. Good He'll point. be there. Good, good point. <laughs> I'm sorry, what movie? The Dig? The, the Dig, dig. yeah. On oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was good. I mean, he's yeah. great in everything. He was oh, so good fun. in A Bigger Splash. Didn't get recognized for that. He's had so many great roles. In Bruges. Anyway, sorry. Oh, I know that was Grand Budapest Hotel. Well, yeah, Grand yeah, Budapest Hotel. I'll, I'll say this. I hated the English patient, but the fact that he, if you're going to give the English patient everything, then maybe he should have won that there. Although it did go to Jeffrey Rush for Shine. He was great. But, yeah, and um, he didn't win for Schindler's List either, right? He he was just no, right. No, he did. Did he? No. No, he didn't. He lost to Tommy Lee yeah. Jones for The Fugitive, who, who was also great. Yeah. What? Oh, uh, yep. <laughs> That's a great yep. performance, though. <laughs> it is. It, yeah. Better than Schindler's List? Come on. <laughs> anyway, all right, whatever. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, predictions. Um, 
Andrew, usually on the money with these, uh, I remember you predicted that uh, Gary Oldman Yeah, what was it last year? A year before he won it. It's Mank. Uh, Mank. I don't remember the predictions. Yeah, last, year. Year, I think I, last year, I think I predicted David Fincher would win for Mank, right? Yeah, I think he did. I think yeah. you said West Side Story would would be nominated, but obviously that, that got pushed back a year. So, so I've, I've been thinking about this prediction, and it's a little bit of a cop-out, but, but, but bear with me, okay? So th- this is my <laughs> prediction for, for, for next year's Oscars. So I'm looking at, like, who's going to get nominated for Best Director. And you have Scorsese for Killer of the Flower Moon, Damien Chazelle for Babylon, Guillermo del Toro for Nightmare Alley, Joel Cohen for the new Macbeth movie. These are all people who are Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. These are all people who've won before, won multiple times in the case of Steven Spielberg. But then the other people who might get nominated – I give Denny Denny Villeneuve for Dune. It's a sci-fi movie. I don't really see that happening. So I'm looking at Wes Anderson and Paul Thomas Anderson. Wes Anderson for The French Dispatch. Paul Thomas Anderson for a movie that's set in the 70s in in the San Fernando Valley. Don't know what it's called yet. My prediction is that someone with the last name Anderson is going to win Best (laughs) Director next year. That is my prediction. I like it. All right. I I'll like put it. Money on it. You know, if you do a movie in the 70s in San Fernando Valley, based in San Fernando Valley, you can't go out to the any better than that. So, um, yeah, well, I, I, I can certainly call Tom Zanderson What I find interesting, and, and, and especially after the fact that they debuted the teaser, is, and I thought the teaser for West Side Story was phenomenal. Um, the thing is, that movie, people say, oh, why remake it? But, like, I still really think the Academy is going to love it. I still really think it's going to do really well with audiences. We talked about that before, about a movie connecting with audiences and then the Oscars responding to that as such. My thing, though, is will Oscar voters vote for a movie that has already won 10 Oscars? Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, remake. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. It's like, yeah, I, I don't think there's, I mean, th- there might be precedent for a remake doing something when the original, like, was inconsequential and, and the remake, you know, like, built on it. So, yeah, that, that I mean, but that didn't win Best Picture, um, but it, it did get a lot of nominations. Um, yeah, but, but that's a good example. But, like, you know, I mean, it's like if somebody remade The Godfather and they did a great job of remaking The Godfather, like if, yep. um, you know, like if J.C. Chandor remade The Godfather, like it'd probably be pretty good, right? Yeah. Would you nominate yeah. that for anything? Like, like I, I just don't see that. And I mean, but, but I can yeah, see I it with West Side Story because, I yeah. mean, I just think that, like, it's Spielberg – it's going to look so much different. Like, like it's going to be, you know, like such a spectacle. I could, and it's, but it's one of those things where I could see that like next year, West Side Story has the most nominations and then ends up winning none. That's like, like right. I, I yeah. could see that happening for sure. The, the other thing. Oh, West, West Side Story, Story did win Best Picture in 1961. Spielberg yeah. cast characters of, of the real races. So there's a lot of representation there that wasn't in the original. Mm. That's true. Yeah. Sorry, Adam, go ahead. You were going to say something? No, I I was just thinking about uh, Andrew's prediction, and I was wondering if maybe Pamela Anderson was taking up, like, barbed wire, too. (laughs) I was going to put that (laughs) up. Maybe that has a chance for a Razzie. We could have an Anderson suite. I, I like it. Out, I Rita like Moreno it. did win. Rita Moreno won Best Supporting Actress for West Side Story back right. in 1961. Maybe she'll be a presenter at, uh, at the She's Oscars, in the new one. Um, next year. She's in it, yeah. Oh, she is? Okay. I think yeah. she's playing she like the Doc's character. Doesn't it look like she's playing the Doc's character? Yep, 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 totally. Yeah. She doesn't play the same role? No? No. Uh, well, in no. this one? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd be a lot on that. All right. Um, 
you know, I'm looking here at the, the like early Oscar odds. I've seen this movie called The Card Counter, supposedly yeah. is in line with um, the sequel to Rain Oscar Man. Isaac. Paul Schrader, baby. That's going to be very oh. nihilistic and tough to watch. And then there's a, a Taika Waititi movie called Next Goal Wins with um, Michael Fassbender and Elizabeth Moss. And, oh, oh I saw the trailer for that. that. Yeah, that should be fun. Although with Army Hammer, maybe maybe we won't have a shot. Who knows? Oh, I mean, that's the, that's the thing with West, with West Side Story with Ansel Elgort in it. Like, that's gonna there's going to be a lot of controversy oh, yeah. about that. Yeah. Good point. Good point. All right. Guys. All right. Oh, well, it is uh, after 1 a.m. on the East Coast. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we'll leave it there. Although we'll mention one other thing. Chloe Zhao has the Eternals coming out next year, so maybe she can get back-to-back director Oscars. Who knows? Um uh, for, for a Marvel movie, but um, uh, Angelina Jolie in that movie? Interesting. Um, she is? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a huge cast. Along with Selma Hayek and um, Richard Madden. And, and yep. ripped Kamel Nanjiani. Ripped. Oh, yeah. Chiseled out of limestone. <laughs> totally. <laughs> bastard <laughs> <laughs> um, alright well we'll leave it there we'll leave it there so uh, special thanks uh, Kit Bowen Joel Amos Andrew Payne Adam Spunberg. Uh that'll do it for this year's Oscars we'll be back uh, at some point to talk about the show next year almost less than a year from now we'll, we'll be talking about it in less than a year we'll have a normal February Oscars but uh, for now this is Phil Wallace signing off have a great night everyone goodbye Bye. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.